0: This is the Namaste podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Namaste. It's time to slay at life. So let's just jump right into it. It is Sunday morning, and I'm sitting on my floor, on my white fluffy carpet, (laughs) with my coffee in front of me. It's in my favorite cup. It's called "Like a Boss," and I really like this cup because it inspires me. (laughs) You gotta buy and do whatever you need to do in order to keep yourself motivated, right? And little notes and messages on things really help me so cups that have motivational messages or t-shirts or just little quotes that i can you know put around my room and whatnot or i have i usually have a quote on my phone as well they help you to wake up they help you to remind you what your goals are and why you do what you do so I love it. I really love this cup. I have a couple other cups with little inspirational phrases on them, but this one is my favorite. Favorite. <laughs> this one is my favorite because that is my ultimate goal is to be my own boss. Working towards it, you know, I've created a few things on my own that don't sustain me as of yet, but that's the long-term goal. That's what I'm working towards. So, in the future, I know I will be providing for myself. I know that I will be able to, you know, pay my, my bills with what I'm doing. But currently <laughs> I am not in that place, in that space, I should say, <laughs> in that time frame. And currently I am needing little things to remind me of why I do what I do. So this is a really cute cup. This coffee is meh it's it's okay. I mean, it's not Starbucks. I have to say I'm a Starbucks gal, which is really crazy because back in the day when I first started going to Starbucks in high school, so that must be 12-ish years ago when I first went to Starbucks for the first time. And I remember I would just always get a Frappuccino because, well, I mean, delish, right? <laughs> but the coffee, I used to think was horrible. However, I also wasn't really into coffee then, so I yeah, my my opinion is a bit skewed because I was never really into coffee back then anyway, but I still found Starbucks to be extremely bitter. And I think that is the common critique on Star- Starbucks coffee is that it is quite bitter. But over the last year working at Cricket, hanging around the employees at Cricket, everybody drinks Starbucks at least twice a day. So it has become routine for me to do so, and I have obviously fallen in love with it. And the current coffee that I'm drinking right now, it's just one of those like instant ones like Nescaf or something, I actually can't remember the brand, but it's okay. It's doing the trick. It woke me up a little, and I mean, that's the purpose of coffee, right? I mean, also it is to enjoy it, but (laughs) I mean, probably after this, I'll walk to Starbucks and get get a good one and that'll last me for the day. But anyways, welcome back to the Namaste podcast. It is Sunday and I love Sundays, guys. Sundays are so inspiring to me. Maybe they just bring back so much nostalgia of... Really, truly relaxing. I think I have a really hard time relaxing on any other day but Sundays. Like on Sundays, I have so many memories of playing sports or dancing or singing or doing crafts or just watching movies with my family or just going out and about getting, you know, wings after golfing with my dad. Sundays are just great. And I think a lot of people have a hard time relaxing these days, but there's something about Sundays that just brings a lot of peace to mind, maybe because literally it is the day of rest. <laughs> Perhaps there, there's something to that phrase, the day of rest. Perhaps it is the day that people can rest. Not only that you should rest, but it's the day that we really can rest naturally, Which is interesting. I've never actually thought about that till now. It's interesting sometimes how you'll have realizations when you talk out loud. When I was in therapy, I went to a cognitive behavioral, whoa, can't say that, cognitive behavioral, there we go, (laughs) uh, specialist. And I did cognitive behavioral, (laughs) I can't say it, cognitive behavioral therapy, there we go. And if you don't know what that is, the short form is CBT where it basically gets you to analyze your thoughts, challenge your thoughts, your ideas, your belief systems, and helps you rewire them to to be more productive for your life, to be more beneficial for your life. Because clearly you have created blocks in your life that have created perceptions and ideas that... that may not allow you to move forward until you change those perception biases. So I really loved CBT. And I really found that along with writing out your thoughts, speaking out your thoughts can really help you gain perspective as to what the heck is going on in your crazy mind. Because we all have crazy, wandering thoughts just spiraling around in our brains. And sometimes we don't realize how ridiculous they are until we say them out loud or we write them down. So CBT, I think is amazing and could be beneficial for everybody. But yeah, speaking your thoughts out loud, because sometimes you'll have great ideas like this idea that the day of rest, like, yeah, yes. In the church Church's perspective, the day of rest is obviously, if you, well, maybe it's not obvious if you're not a church person, so I, I shouldn't say that, but um, the day of rest in the eyes of the church is considered the day where God had created all the different, you know, all these different aspects of the world, such as He created animals and He created trees and the ocean and whatnot, and then the seventh day is when He rested. So, that's that's what the day of rest means. But I never really thought of the fact that, yeah, perhaps the Bible and church tells you to rest on Sunday, but perhaps biologically, we just automatically can rest. Like we do rest. It's super interesting, yeah, because I think a lot of people, if, if, if they do just plan to do nothing on Sundays, you genuinely feel rejuvenated and well-rested. For the following week. So, uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> but I do think there's something to that. I think that when you have a good Sunday, when you do rest, because you can rest, it really helps you, you know, be able to move forward for the following week. But then you could also argue that I used to be Catholic, and perhaps the only reason I can rest is because I was brainwashed to, th- to think that. Sunday is the day of rest. Who knows, right? Who knows really um, what the truth is? I guess everybody has their own personal truths, but perhaps, perhaps that's my personal truth. And maybe if you are someone that was brought up with a specific religion with the idea of Sunday being the day of rest, maybe this will resonate with you. So anyways, today I'm going to be taking it easy. After this, I'm probably going to go to Starbucks, like I said. And grab a cup of delicious bitter coffee. (laughs) And then I think I'm just going to bring out my arts and crafts. Yesterday, I had another day of relaxing and doing nothing. And to me, relaxing means not talking to anybody. (laughs) I don't know if you are like that, but I find that during the week, I am constantly talking constantly being sociable. And the weekends, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I find that I need to be quiet. And so yesterday I had another day like I plan on having today. And I just watched this show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or The Marvelous Life of Mrs. Maisel. It's from the same writer as Gilmore Girls, Amy Sherman uh, Palladino. And it is simply fantastic. It's about a woman in, I believe, the 1950s who was a housewife. And she and her husband seemed to have, you know, the perfect life. They had two children. And every so often they would go to the comedy club and her husband would do stand-up. And, you know, they they connected very well. And then one day he goes and does stand-up and realizes that... He is unoriginal and he, you know, just bombs and he gets so frustrated and gives up and he decides to leave her. And it's this whole dramatic thing. And then, so the story of the show is following Mrs. Maisel and how she begins to understand one of her own strengths, which is comedy. And she actually ends up doing stand up comedy. And man, is it such an inspiring show of coming into your own power and owning your power and doing what you love. And so I did that all day yesterday. I literally watched the entire first season, which is only eight episodes. However, every episode is an hour. So that is still a lot. So I spent a lot of my time yesterday doing that and also looking through some old journals, idea books. Since I was a kid, I've kept a journal slash idea book. And I say idea book because my journals aren't exactly the norm that you would think. Like I I don't have a lot of Dear Diary entries. (laughs) I have a lot of miscellaneous, random, three-paragraph thought pages, but a lot of my journals were used to write down ideas for businesses or ideas for how I could improve my life. And I would come up with little like fitness routines for myself and healthy, healthy diets that I could, you know, follow, (laughs) which a lot of the time I never ended up doing. I probably was just inspired on that day and I would do it for one day and then I would, you know, fall through and wouldn't stay committed. (laughs) But yeah, I have a lot of of writings like that in my journals. So they're not necessarily the same. But I, w- I was going through those and I had a lot of craft books too. This one March break, I believe it was in grade eight, I became obsessed with creating my own little scrapbook, but it was also kind of like a goal book. And In this scrapbook, I decided that I, in the future, was going to marry Chad Michael Murray. And if you don't know who he is, man, oh, man, was he the stud of 2004? (laughs) He was beautiful. And he was in this movie called uh, A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff. And he was in One Tree Hill in his prime. And anyways, everybody was obsessed with Chad Michael Murray. He was just so delicious, so beautiful. And so I found all these pictures of him in magazines and I started creating this little storyline for myself where we had our first date and I I, I cut out a couch and I put a picture of myself on it and a picture of him on it. And and then I had our wedding and then I had our our, um, our honeymoon. And then I just created, you know, different scenarios where I'm this famous actress and this is what my, my Oscar dress looks like. And so I just created this huge scrapbook of what my future would be like. And it's so funny, and, but it's beautiful too, because I remember I loved the scrapbook so much and I thought it was, it was cool. And I had put so much of my creative energy into it that it just, it was beautiful. And I would bring it with me wherever I went for the first two years, I think, cause I brought it to high school as well. I remember I, I would bring it to high sc- uh, school when I went to high school for a bit too. And I would show people and I was just so proud of it. And I, and even though reflecting on it, I can probably see people thinking I was absolutely insane and crazy and weird for putting my face beside Chad Michael Murray and declaring that we were getting married, but whatever, like looking at, <laughs> I was pretty funny. <laughs> like looking back, it's pretty hilarious. And, um, you know, if those people thought that then whatever, then they, they, they don't know me that well and don't know that clearly. I just do things to be silly. And um, it was just a fun little project that I spent my entire March break doing. Like I literally had 10 magazines, I would say, probably about 10 magazines laid out on my floor almost the entire the entire March break. And I just created this book. And anyways, I put so much creative energy into it. And it was beautiful. And I look back and think, wow, you know that those are the kind of beautiful projects that you you become very proud of and you end up sharing with people forever and we don't have a lot of that anymore because everything is online we don't have a lot of you know paintings that we do or scrapbooks that we can show people because instagram is essentially like you know, a photo album that when people used to come over to your house, you would share, you would show them your old photos when you were a kid, right? But a lot of people don't have that anymore. At at least I think probably the parents that have had kids past the year 2000, because that's when it started to stop, right? So super interesting. So I've, I've been trying to get creative and yesterday I started cutting up magazines and taking ideas from these journals of mine. And I began what is going to be my next little scrapbook, but mine will be more of a vision board this time. In my agenda, I think I might have talked about this in another podcast. I have a little vision board on the go as well. But, um, and, and that's been quite effective. It helps me, you know, remember my m- main goals and my focus, but I do think it's time that I, I do another one because I've recently realized, which is, is a really good thing is that I've accomplished a lot of my big goals. And that's really cool. Like to say that out loud, that's, that's, you know, awesome things that for we're taking forever, before last year, a lot of them happened. Last year, I accomplished a lot. I got my first Louis Vuitton bag. I went to Hawaii. I've, you know, I, I got a sustainable, like good full-time job where I'm doing something that I love. So it's pretty cool. Like I'm in a, I'm in a cool place in my life, but it's very, it's very interesting. What's, what's, it's, what's been going on. So I have been reflecting and thinking recently I haven't been as motivated and I've been feeling, not that I haven't been motivated, I shouldn't say that because I've been working out more than ever <laughs> and the that goal has been doing very well and I'm I'm constantly improving my French, but I mean in terms of I haven't felt the same amount of joyful life in me as I used to have when I was, you know, looking forward to accomplishing the goals that I have now accomplished. So I've decided that I need some new goals. I need some new adventures that I need to plan for myself and get pumped about and start, you know, working towards. So that's what I think I'm going to finish today yeah, I'm going to be doing some scrapbooking today. It's very exciting. I love Sundays, man. Man, oh man. If you are someone that finds that Sundays are the day that you can relax, I'm very intrigued if that's just me. I'm very intrigued as to know whether that is just a belief that was programmed into me by you know the idea of Sunday actually being the day of rest in the Bible. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. If you're someone that didn't grow up in a church, school or ch- or going to church, please let me know your thoughts on this. I do have some friends that it appears, now I could be wrong, but it appears that they are relaxed like all the time. And of course, I know this is not true because there is no such life where things are jolly and great 24/7, but it does appear that they are able to relax a lot more than I can, so I'm I may actually interview one of these friends in the future, but it's I'd be curious to know if if everyone else feels this way that they have a hard time relaxing now. I think I think that is from what I have gathered from people that I've had this conversation with. And a lot of people have a very hard time with it. However, I've had this conversation with goal oriented, you know, business minded entrepreneurs, and I think that's probably really common with entrepreneurs that you're not able to relax because you just want to, you know, be successful. You have that drive in you 24 seven, that, that ache, that itch to just get better and better and to keep improving. So perhaps it's just us that's unable to relax. I swear my mom is in relax mode 24 seven, but I'm, I know she's not because she says that she's not. She says that she's constantly stressed at work, but I Yeah. It just doesn't show on her face. She has just aged beautifully. This woman has great skin, man. I hope I get that gene for the future. (laughs) Anyways. So yeah. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. So I'm excited to just relax. And another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about on my floor in front of me are five, six, seven different books on relationships. Now Namaste, like I said, I want to be talking about you know, the, the spiritual processes of different people and how, and how that has inevitably led them to achieving their goals. And one of my, my biggest goals was to attract a partner whom loved and accepted me where I am right now which is also the affirmation that I say to myself. I love and accept myself where I am right now. I have attracted a partner who loves and accepts me as me. And I also love and accept him as him. So that's what I have been trying to attract for the last few years. I've tweaked it from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I used to be quite specific as I want someone funny, I want someone intelligent, I want someone who has the same interests as me. And then as time has gone on, I have tweaked it to be a little bit more open-ended and to just go with someone who brings me joy. So I have found that person. I will admit that I have found that person and I have all these different books on my floor that have helped me along this journey to finding this sort of soulful connection and relationship that I have been looking for I'm going to read them out to you. Uh, the first one is Why Men Love Bitches by Sherry Argov. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about all of them, actually. Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray. I have Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Then I have uh, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And then I have Unleash the Power of the Female Brain, Daniel G. Amin. Also, I have Soulmates and Twin Flames from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. So if you know any of these books, or if you know at least two, you'll probably recognize that they're all very different. They're not all relationship-specific books, but they've all taught me things that have really helped me with my relationships over the years. Now, I'll talk about one, actually, in this podcast and if you guys like them maybe I'll do a review of some of these other books in the future but the one I want to talk about is why men love bitches why men love bitches oh there's actually another one <laughs> that I really love what I which I don't actually have anymore my ex-boyfriend has it Annoyingly. No, he he <laughs> um, took it because I wanted him to study it because I'm that girlfriend. No, I just well, yeah, that is what I wanted. I'm not gonna say no, but yeah, I, I did want him to read it because I thought it was be- very beneficial for me. And I wanted him to, you know, take interest and show that he cares because that's how I understand caring. But, anyways, the book is called The Five Languages of Love. And I believe that one is by Gary Chapman. And essentially the premise of this book is to help you understand how you want to receive love and how you give love. And Gary Chapman has come up with these five different categories that will help you understand what you want and how you think. So the five different categories are as follows. One, words of affirmations. Two, acts of service. Three, receiving gifts. Four, quality time. And five, physical touch. So by reading this book and reading the different descriptions of these languages, you may automatically already know what your love language is. But you may also want to take his quiz. He has a quiz online that anyone can take and that will help you, you know, even further recognize how you receive love and how you want to receive love. And so, anyways, I discovered that my love language was receiving gifts. And I know what you're thinking, you may think, oh, she's superficial. She just like wants gifts and she is clearly a first world generation type person. No, that's uh not really exactly what receiving gifts is all about. Um, I'm going to actually read to you the full description of what it is. Here we go. Receiving gifts. Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. So that's how I understand love. And um, I believe that I got that from my mother. My mother has always been one to buy me gifts. Whenever we've had a fight as a kid, I have so many memories of this. Whenever we used to fight, she would always come home the next day with like a little thoughtful gift. So that is how I've learned to interpret love. We we haven't really ever been an I love you family. We haven't really been a cuddling kind of family. We're actually quite distant physically. And there's a lot of like weird distance <laughs> with like and weird weirdness with touch in my family. Someone always like laughs, which is interesting. But Gifts is how we show that we care. Just thought thoughtful things and it doesn't mean that you need to go out and spend thousands of dollars or, you know, spend money all the time. A gift could mean writing a little love letter, writing a letter telling, you know, the other person that you appreciate them. Or creating something. I don't know. It can be anything. You can get creative, really. Gifts is a little bit of an endless one. But, anyways, that book really helped me understand me. And I think, you know, the reason for these books, a lot of the time we buy them because we want to understand our relationships and we want to have the best relationships ever. But it starts with understanding yourself and understanding what you need. And it that has been very helpful t- for me in the past because i have been able to vocalize to my partners that this is you know, this is what i want i would love to have flowers once a month because that's how i understand love when someone sacrifices their time and gives me their energy and effort right an effort in terms of thinking of me when they when they give me energy that Ha- clearly has thought put into it. That's how I understand love. So anyways, this has really helped me with my past relationships and currently with my current one because not only has it helped me understand what I need so that I can communicate it properly to my partner so that they can give me what I need, but it has also helped me understand my partners because, um, partners, I sound really <laughs> ridiculous right now well, my one partner, my past partner, and then my current partner right now is, um, doing his research and, you know, knowing what your significant other wants, knowing how they understand love, even if you don't have the same love language, they, the, this book, first off, gives you plenty of ideas of how you can help them feel fulfilled. But just knowing what their love language is, you can, you have the power to do your research and really try to learn their language and cater towards them to make them feel fulfilled. Because ultimately, that's what everyone's goal in every relationship is to fulfill each other, Right. A harmonious relationship consists of two people wanting to make the other person happy, right? So two people wanting to make the other person, each person wanting to make the other person happy. You guys get me. (laughs) Sometimes my thoughts become jumbled and I don't necessarily uh, know how to communicate it properly. And it just sort of comes out as word vomit. (laughs) But anyways, this book was really beneficial to my life and to my relationships and it has helped me with my current relationship in terms of recognizing the things that I would do assuming that my partner would love them and realizing that that's not necessarily the case I'm doing the things that I would love that I would appreciate right like buying him little gifts here and there surprising him here and there those are things I really like because I've I personally think that that's thoughtful, that shows love. But he would never react to them because that's not how he understands love, right? So very interesting and yeah, I just I think the way that I a lot of the time my process, my my spiritual process essentially of tackling my goals and you know getting to where I am and where I need to be is through reading, through making myself available to whatever knowledge could come my way. And a lot of these relationship books have helped me get closer and closer to finding my person over the last few years. And I currently do feel that I have someone that really complements me in life, that has similar goals to me, that very much fulfills me, but it's also because I am fulfilling myself. It's that through reading these books, through doing my research, I am learning things about myself, which is helping me become a better partner in my relationship. So anyways, I would highly recommend The Five Languages of Love. I'm going to tell you about one other book. This is a book that I read probably about eight or nine years ago. I read this very early on in my dating years when I was like 20. And it's called Why Men Love Bitches, like I said, by Sherry Argov. It is an amazing, interesting little documentary style book where I believe... I can't remember how many people this woman interviewed, but I think it was like something 100 plus guys, something like that, where she asked them for, for little tips and things that they like so that she could she could create this this book and you know she she could t- she she basically her research was talking to you know all these different guys and finding out what gets them going what makes them excited about a relationship what keeps them in a relationship and she gathered all of her notes and she created this book and this book is very interesting because it is like a regular book however Throughout the book, she has attraction principles. So just little quotes and ideas that she has called attraction principles. And they're just, they're spread out throughout the book. And they're supposed to get you thinking. They're supposed to give you a little tip as to what men really want. And yeah, so the idea is that why men love, why men love bitches. The little blurb says from doormat to dream girl, a woman's guide to holding her own in a relationship because men want freedom ultimately. My boyfriend actually just said this to me on Friday. He's like, I just need freedom. (laughs) And what he means by that is that he needs me to be able to take care of myself on my own. Even though he ultimately wants to take care of me, men want to be the saviors. They want to be the kings, right? Always. He ultimately wants me to also be able to take care of myself. He wants to know that I'm this powerful, you know, queen whom can rule the world. And he just wants to be able to hold the title of savior. (laughs) (laughs) So men are super interesting. But yeah, that ultimately no man wants a girl that they can walk all over. No, No man wants a girl that is clinging to them all the time, that doesn't have her own story, that doesn't have goals that she's reaching towards, that doesn't have her own life. Nobody wants that. I mean, vice versa, no female wants that in a male, right? You know, I, I, I think one of the secrets to a happy relationship is having your own goals and being able to work on them together, you know, where you can be in the same space and not be interrupting each other and you both are tackling, you know, what you need to tackle. So... Why Men Love Bitches is a fantastic book, especially not just, I would say, for people that are trying to land a partner, because I think the majority of the book is getting you into the mindset of how you can keep a partner, how (laughs) you can attract someone and, and, and get them to really respect you. But it's also about learning to respect yourself. Towards the end is what I really love about this book. And there's a few chapters where she really just talks about, you know, you need to, at the end of the day, forget everything you learned and focus on you. Because ultimately, that's what every male wants, a woman that can focus on her own goals that doesn't rely on them 24-7, right? Right. I mean, they want you to rely on them. <laughs> it's very interesting. They want you to rely on them, but they don't want you to be sad or negative. They, if, if, you're, if you're not taking care of yourself, right? If you're sad or negative, they feel anxious because they always want to make you happy. And so they, they're not able to relax if you're not relaxed, so, what I mean by take you taking care of yourselves, they want you to be good with yourself so that you're, you know, you're happy and you're content within yourself because that's ultimately what helps them be content, if that makes sense. So Why Men Love Bitches is a great book for anyone that doesn't have a partner yet or may be in the beginning stages of a relationship, and it helps you understand things that helps keep a partner in. Intrigued, and it's it's the science really behind it. It's kind of like the woman's version of a play, the playbook. What what was that book called? The Game. There was a book called The Game, which is completely misogynistic and gross. (laughs) And it's just this this book made to help males, um, you know, play females essentially, and it's disgusting. However, this is the female version of in this in a more light like kind way because it's not, you know, in in no way is it horrible towards males where it teaches you how to keep a male interested really. And, and then towards the end, it talks about how, yes, you can do all these things, but at the end of the day, you need to respect yourself and you need to always be focused on you because if you give too much of your time and energy towards your relationship and they will inevitably end up being disinterested anyway, because, that's, you know, no, no male really wants that. A male wants a woman who's focused and powerful within themselves and they have their own stuff. So they know that they don't have to be taking care of them 24 seven. They know that they'll be, they'll be happy regardless. Right. Cause for some reason they also just feel that if you, you are unhappy in some way, shape or form, it's their fault. It's that they're not a good enough provider, which is super interesting because obviously it's not. You could be upset about something to do with your career and frustrated, and you you could be upset about any number of things that has nothing to do with your partner, but they, for some reason, still don't feel good about it. They still feel as if they they have somehow did wrong by not being able to keep you happy, which is, yeah, it's interesting that males are this way. So, but yeah, you just kind of have to figure out a way to convince them that or just constantly remind them that they make you happy. They're the shit. (laughs) They're kings, you know? Anyways, so this is a really great book. I would highly recommend this book and I could do more of a, a better review in the future, but for right now, I'm going to leave it at that. But What my point of telling you this is, that's sort of my process. My process, my spiritual process of going after my goals is reading and learning. I love to learn. I love to question. I love to read. And in the future, when I interview some more people, this is where Namaste is going. I want to be asking people about their their process and their spiritual journey that goes along with them attacking and accomplishing their goals, you know? So that's what I'm very much looking forward to because I think there's something from everyone that we can learn. And I'm very intrigued as to what the future will hold in my Slave podcast. I know this is another rambling one, <laughs> but I think that last year, and I guess a little bit of 2016 as well, I spent a lot of my time live streaming every single day and talking to an audience about these sort of ideas and things, expressing what I was up to. And I got really attached to that and I really loved doing that. And I think that I also want to do that every so often here on the Namaste podcast. So there are going to be a lot of little talks where I'm just hanging out, drinking my coffee, which now is extremely cold, unfortunately, because I've been talking for so long (laughs) and my throat's starting to hurt, of course, probably because I didn't speak at all yesterday, (laughs) maybe a little bit to my mom in the morning and then my boyfriend at night. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of these in the future where I just want to sit down and talk to you about a new book that I'm reading that I've discovered something cool that might help us along in the future in terms of accomplishing our goals. And yeah, I wanted to tell you guys today about these books, these two books and the other books I mentioned, but I'll probably talk to you about them in the future because this is already a very long namaste. (laughs) But yeah, I want to tell you about what I'm reading and what I've learned because these two books, for example, might help a lot of you in terms of your relationship goals, right? And I want all of the Namaste is to always be about something that we can apply towards our goals, something that we can apply to better our life, to help ourselves, right? It's a collection of ideas on (laughs) self-improvement. That's what Just Love and Namaste is about. So that's what I wanted to do today. And I hope that maybe you picked up on something, learned something that um, might intrigue you and help you towards your relationship goals. All right. So that's pretty much it for this namaste. I am not going to lie. I'm starting to get a little hungry. I only had peanut butter on toast with this coffee. So I think I'm going to go make myself a smoothie and then walk to Starbucks and get some good coffee and then possibly make a salad for lunch. We'll have to see. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows where this day is going to lead me? But I hope you guys have enjoyed this namaste. Once again, as always... Never forget that the grass is greenest where you are right now. Say that shit to yourself right now in the mirror and believe it and just love the present moment. Love yourself in the moment and love where you are. I love and accept myself where I am right now. I love saying that and maybe say that as well if that resonates with you. And next on the podcast Well, I have Johnny coming up. If you don't know Johnny, he is from Cricket. He's the creator of Cricket. Johnny Comparelli will hopefully hopefully be on the podcast soon. And also, I have another guy named Bo Pinto, whom is a longtime friend of mine, a little social media extraordinaire, I want to say. He knows a lot about social media marketing. Very interesting. He's done very well for himself. So I'm going to be talking to him too very soon. So all very exciting. Uh, I'm already creating my lineup, adding more and more people to the list. So stay tuned for that. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you have a fabulous Sunday, the day of arrest. <laughs> If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash just love by Melissa. You will also be able to get the just love calendar there and my monthly meditations. But also let's be real. If you like this podcast, please share it with everybody that you know that would like it as well. I would greatly appreciate it. Love you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I'm sending you so much love, light, and motivation to tackle those goals. Namaste.